Hey, everybody, this is Harvey Sluggo Wasserman, back for the 168th, count them, 168th Green Grassroots Emergency Election Protection Coalition Zoom call. We are glad to have you all with us. Uh, and uh, we've got, as as usual, a very packed two hours and 20 minutes to uh, deal with the uh, primary issues of election protection and protecting our Mother Earth. We're starting with 25 folks, um, co-hosted here by the great uh, Steve Caruso and um, uh, Mike Hirsch, uh, just being joined by um, uh, Wendy Lederman. And um, somebody needs to mute, but we are also uh, rebroadcasting at the Pacifica, uh, the uh, Pro uh, Progressive Radio Network and uh, through the Pacifica Network. It is a gray day here in California, been uncharacteristically gray, unlike the beautiful beach scene you see behind me. Um, but uh, what can I tell you? Life's an illusion. Um, um, Maya, Maya Reeson, <clears throat> um, you want to uh, encourage people, please, to join our YouTube channel. And uh, if we can post in the chat exactly how to do that, that would be great. But uh, if you want to talk to us about that and also about the um, uh, opening for a supervisor for the upcoming Pacifica Radio Network uh, election, can we... Can you give us the, the lowdown or the uh, upsourcing on all that? Maya Reeson, are you with us? Okay, I'm un, I am unmuted now. I apologize. Go for um, it. At any rate, uh, I'm going to start with the, the second first, which is the position to be the national election supervisor for the upcoming station board elections within the, the Pacifica network. This is a really important uh, position, and we're hoping for someone who has some kind of um, expertise in running elections. And um, the job is posted prominently on the Pacifica Foundation website. I'm going to show you that website right now. And as you see, um, right at the top, it says today is the very last day. And then if you select details, you get to the job description. So I'm going to put in the chat, it's just really very simple. It's pacifica.org is how you get to the website. And um, and I will go ahead and post the, just got too many things going on here. Um, I'm not seeing my Zoom, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I see why. I have to stop the share. And now I'm going, oh, and I already uh, put the, put everything in the chat about the election. Now, as far as our YouTube channel goes. Well, let me, let me emphasize that this, this job of running the Pacifica election, we see Ray McClendon with us, how are you doing, Ray, um, uh, is actually a paying gig. And, uh, it, you know, and it's a big deal to run the Pacifica national election. Uh, so, and we have lots of people on these calls who are experienced <clears throat> with election issues. So take a look, if you will. Okay, Myla. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm. I now I have to. Oh, here it is. So here's the um the link for our uh our you to go over to YouTube if you would and um give this. Yes, we want people to um uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you would. Um, uh, I actually <clears throat> watch a lot of documentaries on YouTube. I've been watching uh, uh, some amazing documentaries on new technologies. And since I can't figure out, I'm actually a Netflix subscriber. I can't figure out how to work it. I have to get my grandchildren over here to help me. But 
Um, YouTube has a lot of great stuff to offer, but we do want people to please sign up to our YouTube channel. I think we have about 30, 35 people on it now, and we'd love, to, which is about how many people we have on the call right now. So we'd love to have you do that. Please. Myla, can you give us the detail? Well, I, I just put the link in the chat. And if people look up, if if you go to YouTube, if you're listening on the radio now, you can go to YouTube and search for Green Grassroots Election Protection. And that will get you to our YouTube channel. And we really hope that you will subscribe and like and share and tell your friends about it. Let's grow this channel so that we can reach more people. All right. Thank you very much for that. Um, uh, we're going to uh, welcome uh, Alyssa Matras to our call in uh, San Francisco. She's apparently out of uh, sitting Shiva for the 49ers. And um, uh, but we do want to start. We we know that Cynthia Papermaster is about to go uh, have lunch with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Um, uh, but <laughs> we do want to uh, uh, say first uh, hi to um, uh, Ray McClendon. Uh, Ray, you um, um, are going to tell us a bit about the upcoming, um, situ- well, the latest on the situation with uh, uh, Fani uh, Willis, if you would, please. Sure. Hello, everyone. And we, we are uh, waiting on the the um, uh, summary uh, positions to be made uh, by the, the uh, defense uh, that bought, brought this action and also by the state uh, coming up uh, sometime later this week, uh, we hope. But there'll be a schedule for that. <clears throat> well, let's yeah. let's explain. This is the uh, the major prosecution of Donald Trump in the first attempt to steal Correct. the Georgia election. Yeah, exactly. So, for those who are not 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 familiar with it, we're, we're not on last week. But uh, where we are right now is that the defense, um, a couple of the defendants, have uh, put forth some salacious allegations as to why Fonnie Willis. The DA for Fulton County should be removed from the case. Uh, the the Georgia law uh, is very specific about how you can be removed, and it's basically for financial conflict of interest. Uh, what the, what Trump and uh, a couple of other defendants are doing is trying to muddy the water, create some salacious act uh, allegations that will move public opinion and hopefully, in, in their minds, hopefully force the judge to uh, recuse her. If there's no Fonnie Willis, there will be no case. That's what we need to make clear. There's no other DA in the state of Georgia that would take this case on uh, to to prosecute. Therefore, this case would, in all likelihood, go away if if uh, Fonnie Willis is removed. Number one, number two, uh, Fonnie Willis is the premier RICO uh, statute prosecutor in the state, so nobody else has her expertise. So nobody is willing and nobody has the expertise, uh, expertise, and therefore this will likely go away. Um, as I mentioned, based on the Georgia law, it, it's really not even a close question, but it is going to be a close question because of uh, the salaciousness of it and the, the dogged determination of Trump and his folks to make it an issue. Uh, they have brought trying to introduce some new uh, allegations now uh, to refute uh, uh, Wade's testimony, the the uh, special prosecutor who uh, had a romantic relationship with uh, D.A. Willis, uh, alleging that they got some some um, cell phone uh, data that showed that he was in the vicinity 
of her, you know, 12,000 times over some period of time. Uh, how they can, first of all, even introduce this as evidence is a question. Second, it really doesn't prove anything anyway. Uh, but again, this is further muddying the water. What we want to see happen is people are standing with Fani. Uh, people are recognized that no Fani, no case. And the great thing is that the community now is rallying around her, and hopefully that will make a difference uh, when the uh, the, the uh, final uh, summaries uh, are, are made, uh, the closing arguments, if you will, on this this um, episode come forward hopefully later this week. So we're, we'll be we'll have a lot of people in the courtroom supporting her, and we hope we can get a, a fast ruling from the judge. Well, this is not small potatoes here. The bottom line is that Fannie Lewis, Fannie uh, Willis, is the uh, uh, elected uh, DA, right, of the of Fulton County, which is um, where Atlanta is, not a small town, and uh, she has brought the case uh, against Donald Trump for having tried to steal the um, uh, Georgia election and uh, presidential election in 2020. And this is also not a small case. Small case. We're basically dealing with treason here. And um, Donald Trump has just been found guilty uh, of, of an $80 million uh, judgment uh, against the woman he essentially raped. And now of uh, the state of New York, has won a almost $500 million settlement uh, on Trump uh, uh, for defrauding got half the people in business in New York. And then we'll be dealing with a case here, I think the first case in U.S. history, where a sitting president has been charged with attempting to steal an election. Uh, and and uh, they're, they're going at this by attacking the elected a uh, prosecutor who's bringing the case in the hopes that they'll kill the case. Is that a reasonable yeah. summary, Ray? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and he's classic using... from his, te- uh, his textbook, Trump. He's always going to attack the judges. He's going to attack the prosecutors, um, uh, calling them corrupt. And that's what he's doing here. Uh, so this is no surprise. Uh, uh, he does it with impunity. And uh, we just hope that we can keep this case going because, as you said, it's important. And there's also a case that he couldn't pardon himself against, even if he were to become president again. So that's that's another reason we need to keep this case alive. Now, is, does this case involve the taped phone call that he made to the secretary of state asking him, to, can you just find me 12, 13,000 additional votes? That's all I need. Is that part of this case? Yeah, that that's what got the case started when the tape uh, uh, came out, when, when that broke, where he asked for 11,780 votes, <laughs> which was the yeah, exact right. number that he needed to, to overturn Biden. Biden won Georgia by 11,799 votes. So he asked the Secretary of State specifically to find the number of votes that he would win Georgia by one vote. That, 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 that's mind-boggling. And everybody in America heard that tape. So the way he's getting around it now is to attack the personal life of the, the elected prosecutor of the state of Fulton County. And don't forget that we've had already several, I believe it's four, maybe five guilty pleas under this indictment. We've already had Sidney Powell, Chesbro, 
um, Jenna Ellis, uh, as well as uh, one of the local uh, uh, Georgia fake electors, have all pleaded guilty on a case that a lot of people said should never have been brought, should never have been this broad, but she knows how to prosecute RICO and she's already had people begin to flip. So um, they are nervous and they know that there, there are some others that will likely flip if this case continues. Jeez, it's unbelievable. Ray, I'm going to give you a standing invitation. Please come back next week. We won't sure. be meeting again in two weeks, but this is, you know, this is one of those things that they, that they slip under the radar. They, they come at you with ugly stuff. Anybody who's really interested should look at Fonnie Willis's testimony of about five minutes, one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Um, you know, way too powerful for, um, you know, uh, primetime TV. She was amazing. Law and Order would never have been able to handle this. But anyway, I got Dennis Bernstein, Ray. Dennis is the host of the great uh, Flashpoint show, uh, nationally syndicated out of KPFA in Berkeley. We have 53 people with us. Uh, Dennis, uh, go ahead, please. I think you're unmuted. Okay. Uh, thank you, Ray. Really appreciate all the good information. Um, I'm going to make a few people angry now, but I need to raise this issue. What do we know about the, I'm talking about not the personal life. What do we know about the legal work and the history that Fannie Willis uh, depended on when she hired this person to be her number two person on this prosecution? What do we know about him? Was he up to it? Do you suppose she made a mistake? There might have been too much pressure for such a big case and somebody who doesn't have this kind of background and experience dealing at this level? Uh, well, well, uh, that's a great question. And, and, and let me put it this way. Uh, he was not the first choice uh, because people don't want to go up against Trump. Uh, it takes uh, very courageous people to decide to step up. Uh, in fact, one of the first people that she, uh, D.A. Willis went to uh, to uh, request that they become special prosecutor was former governor Roy Barnes. Roy Barnes actually testified uh, during this this uh, most recent set of hearings that he turned her down because he didn't want to uh, be under the, the scrutiny that would come by going up against Trump. He specifically cited that when he was governor, he had to have bodyguards and at this point in his life, he did not want to have to have bodyguards again. So he turned her down. Uh, so there, there were very few lawyers uh, with uh, credentials that wanted to uh, step up to them. Now, as to the veracity of the case, you have to look. He is not the only special prosecutor. Um, one of the preeminent special prosecutors uh, that does RICO in the state uh, it, uh, lawyers that is one of the preeminent RICO lawyers in the state is also one of the special prosecutors. So it is not just uh, uh, Wade. Um, also, the veracity of the work is covered by the fact that, as, as many of you will recall, there was a special grand jury that, that heard evidence for over a year uh, to come up with a summary recommendation. And after that special grand jury came up with the summary recommendation, they turned that over to um, a regular grand jury, which then heard the evidence and made um, uh, the case uh, with, with the indictment. Uh, so 
there's no question that the veracity of the work is there, the competence in the work is there, the rate at which he was paid was appropriate. This is not about whether or not he is a quality attorney. Uh, he's also operated as a municipal judge. Uh, the, the, this is uh, Trump's playbook that I hope we don't fall into, just as he did with Kaplan. Remember, he tried to, uh, with attorney Kaplan, in the uh, E. Jean Carroll case, uh, they put out a smear campaign there uh, that there was a mentor-protege relationship between Judge Kaplan, no relation, and Attorney Kaplan from some 30 years ago. So this is nothing new for them to do. Uh, the, 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 the veracity is there. He was not the first choice because so many other people just don't want to go up against Trump knowing what uh, their uh, personal lives will look like being on a case of this magnitude. Boy, that's an important point. Dennis, I'm going to come right back to you for one second, though. I, we have also this, this idea of physical assault from Trump people uh, actually came up in the U.S. Congress. There were a number of Republican Congress people who said they did not want to vote against Trump because they were afraid for their families. I mean, this is like... Part four of The Godfather here. It's unreal. Absolutely. Dennis, we really, really appreciate it. Do you have more for Ray, Dennis Bernstein? Uh, Dennis, are you unmuted? Yeah, not go now. Ahead. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm just thinking about it. Uh, well, it's uh, a great no, question. I, I may have watched that case uh, as close as anybody in this world. Along with Greg Palast, we, we mini-watched it by detail, by detail, by detail. And we saw what you all, what Ray just expressed, that there was going to be extraordinary pressure, that it was going to be a dangerous situation, and that anybody who was going to step forward needed to be ready to stand against it. I just, this is, I'm sorry, this is, I'm sorry that Fani, knowing where she was in the world, used some pretty bad judgment in terms of mixing the public with the perfect. And she's not going to be the first person in the world that gets pursued because of their genius uh, in other ways to undermine the work. And I'm I'm very disappointed. I'll leave it at that. Well, on the other hand, of course, the um, and Dennis is a great reporter, and, and and we're glad to have. If you want to come back next week, and, and we'll see where we're at with this. If you want to bring Greg with you? That'd be great. Um, but you know, the bottom line here is the content of the charges. And to me. When when a when a defendant when someone who's been accused of something uh, attacks the persona of the person that is charging them, it means it's a sure sign they can't stand the heat on the content. And so the fact that they're coming after her, um, which you know is expected, and you may be right about her judgment, but the, the bottom line is the facts is, have passed the muster of a grand jury, and um, they're not going to they're not going to be able to contest the facts. Is that right, Ray? Well, that's great. That's right. And that's this is again, this is Trump's M.O. Uh, so I, I and, and I understand we all have, you know, uh, it, it was not the right thing to do. We all have flaws. But she is also more courageous than ninety nine point nine percent of the people that are out there. There's nobody else that in Georgia that would have taken this case. Nobody. And so I think we need to support her and lift her up and applaud her. 
for carrying the right weight of this entire I'd like to respond if I could. On her shoulders, because yes. nobody, well, that, nobody, nobody else would do it. I mean, if you want the case to go away, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, we can beat her. Down. I don't want the case to go. I don't want to be intimidated, but I'm going to ask you, Ray, this question. I'm not, I'm not trying to intimidate you. you I'm involved, just it sounds like, that. you know, if I don't agree, I'm a Trumpist. But anyway, if you were her advisor, uh, if you were the manager of the of the case, Ray, uh, and considering all the decisions, the major decisions that are made, would you advise her, knowing everything you know, would you advise her to hire him? That would have been your choice, too. Okay, from what I know of the facts, she, she hired him before they had a romantic relationship. Let's invite okay. Greg. I appreciate that invitation. Okay. Uh, if you want to talk about this, there's a deeper way to talk about it. And I feel like it's it's the, you're coming down the path of intimidation instead of information. No, no, I, no, I, I, I know. Right not right right to right right. You okay, at all. I, I was well, just that's what it feels like to me. No, okay, it, it well, wouldn't be. I, I think you're being passive aggressive with that now. I'm, I'm, okay, well, I'm not you, trying to be. I have no. The, I, I was not okay. If I don't agree with you, I'm a Trumpist. That's passive. No, no, no. That's that not what he said. That never came out of my mouth, sir. That never no, came no. out of my mouth. Dennis, what's, what's, listen, I think you and Ray should talk off camera with uh, with Greg. I, I know Ray well enough. I know you well enough. There's no intimidation here, uh, but it's a it's a very touchy subject. There's no doubt about it that Trump Trump shows well here. But yes, he he his batting average in court has not been too good. And uh, you know, if this if if Fannie Willis uh, with whatever help she gets can make this case, it's going to stand on the facts. We hope. Uh, but Ray, you should know Dennis is a, a you know very tough reporter and uh, and follows these things and he's. he's in league with the great Greg Powers, so the and who knows Georgia inside now. Ray, uh, Dennis, I'm going to suggest you. I'll give you Ray's contacts and vice versa, and you should have Ray on your show. And uh, this is this is a huge deal. This case, and it's not going well. And what he says, you know, about people being intimidated. You're in Georgia, controlled by Republicans. It takes a lot, a lot of courage to go ahead and and take on uh, Donald Trump, but. Uh, Dennis, your your credentials are also impeccable, and uh, let's let's pursue this, okay? Slug, Slug, Sluggo, I hate to uh, break in, but there are a couple of guests who have a limited amount of time. I understand. Kind of wrap I, this up. I know it quickly. takes a lot of courage to report from Georgia. That's why our main source has been Greg Powell, uh to stay on the ground and to follow it detail by detail. I thank you all for the time, and you thank should you, Dennis. Right on. Can you stay on? Come anytime. Uh, Ray, is there anything like uh, Well, Tatanka has a quick hand. Tatanka yeah. is, yeah. and then Ray will let you go if you want, but we want you back next week, please. Okay. Ray, quick. this is a quick question. doesn't have to do with this case. Part of the MO of the Republicans right now is to make sure that the wink, weak link that prevented them from overturning the election, to get rid of any of those, which in battleground states means who counts the votes. Can you tell me what the situation is now in Georgia, are you are you convinced that we will get a fair vote count? No, I'm not, I can't I can't say that because um, the QAnon MAGA folk have been um, uh, doing se several things over the last uh, three years. Number one, they have they have been um, padding the local election boards with their with their folks. Um, that's that's number one, and that that's that's who controls. Um, both the elections and also the voter purges in different counties. 
Uh, now, there is legislation that uh, would, would change some of the rules on voter purges. We have some of the some of the most lax voter purge rules uh, in Georgia. M many of you might have heard of, of literally hundreds of thousands of uh, voters being challenged by individual um, uh, registered voters uh, that have QAnon backgrounds. So the, uh, those are two of the biggest issues. Now, in the larger counties, uh, we, we can handle that because there is, there is uh, a pretty uh, a better balance of sophisticated players on those boards, even though they might be in the minority, uh, in, in order to fight back against that. But in a lot of these counties, uh, outside of Metro, that's a huge issue. So what we're going to have to do is come up with a, a statewide voter monitoring uh, <clears throat> voter uh, chaplaincy, whatever you want to call it, process where we will have folks on the ground around local polling locations with local boards. Remember, remember in this case that we were just talking about, one, one of the critical areas was a small county called Coffee County, uh, where the local election board was controlled by Republicans, and they are the ones who let Sidney Powell and, and that group in uh, in violation of state law to review to review those voting machines uh, illegally, uh, we could see more of that happen going forward if we don't have diligence from independent or progressive po poll monitors because they will be out. Uh, the the QAnon folks will be out in force. So that'll be one of the things that we'll be doing a test run on for the primary that comes up in on May the twenty first. Uh, to get ready for the general election, but we'll need a lot of poll monitors, and we're going to also be tied in. We're working with John Steiner and some other people to look at a cadre of lawyers that we'll be able to get information to on a precinct by precinct level when we see irregularities come up at the um, in at vote, voting locations and with local school boards. There are 159 counties in Georgia, so we'll need monitors in. A, and, and a minimum in 159 plus location. Thank gonna, you. There will be tonight. I'm going to call on John Steiner. You mentioned him. Then we'll go to uh, Cynthia Papermaster. Uh, do you want to mention that uh, um, uh, Andrea Miller is on the call and she's got an event coming up on Thursday? We also have another um, Zoom call tonight at seven uh, Pacific time uh, to deal with pretty much what you're talking about here, Ray, in terms of uh, election auditing. John Steiner, do you want to get in a quick word here? Yeah, Ray, a quick question. Um, what can people do to support Fannie Willis? Well, well, I, I think the biggest thing right now is, um, uh, you know, anything that they can do on on supporting her via uh, social media through uh, responses to uh, some of the uh, articles that have come out <clears throat> that really don't understand how how uh, Georgia works and what the what the issues are before. Uh, that that should be before the court and not the salacious components of this, uh, which again, um, ethically are a problem, but don't relate specifically to the case we need to to acknowledge. And the first one is, you know, uh, there are people going around with the hashtag, I stand with, uh, with funny. Uh, number two, people need to understand that no funny, no case. Those are the two things, um, you know, there was an article in the Atlantic uh, last week, saying that she should step aside, uh, that means the case goes away. We just need to be, you know, if that's your position, that's fine. 
That just means the case goes away. Just recognize what you're saying when you say that. It's not, okay, we'll find another prosecutor. We, we know here in Georgia, we know that there, and I went through this last week, there's, a, there, there's an agency called the, the Prosecutor's Office um, um, uh, uh, for the state, uh, the Prosecutor's Committee that would take this over the head of that uh, has already uh, intimated in so many uh, words that he would not be willing to move forward with finding, identifying another DA. So, so stand with Fani, uh, and 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 also uh, make sure that people know no Fani, no case. Ray, is there anything okay. Ray, written that you're aware of that really summarizes the points you just made that we can use? Uh, I'll see if I can find an editorial for uh, for you from some people that uh, are, are some of the lawyers that know more about the specific details than I do. That would that would be useful because I think a lot okay. would be interested. The other thing I just right. want to add. It's not only, I think, Republicans being afraid of what happens to them and their families. What I've heard, they are afraid of being excommunicated from their tribe. Right. Yes. All right. Thank you. Ray, thank you. We'll have you back again next week. Thank you, John. Uh, we have Andrew Miller up. We have 60 people with us. Uh, uh, Cynthia Papermaster, you wanted to get in a word. Um, and then we'll go to Andrea Miller to talk about uh, her upcoming event on February 27th. And then we're going to go to Julian Assange to talk about with Vinny Stefano who just came back from mm -hmm. London. I also want to welcome Paul Fenn. I haven't seen you for years, Paul. I'm one of the great advocates of solar energy in California. I hope you're going to stick around because Paul Newman is going to present in the second hour about solar in California. There's a ton going on there. Okay, so uh, Ruth Strauss and Lynn Feynman, we'll get to you. Please stay with us. Um, um, but uh, go ahead, Cynthia, and then we're going to go to um, um, Andrea Miller. Thank you so much, Ray. You're always great. Go ahead, Cynthia, please. Three minutes. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I, I don't know if people can see this tiara I'm wearing. Um, Go ahead, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get inside Nancy Pelosi's head. She's pressing charges against me for putting two washable paint handprints, red handprints on a garage door. And um, this is the first time after years and years of Code Pink being at Nancy Pelosi loud. Uh, any charges or she's pressing charges through the district attorney of San Francisco. Um, I'm facing a misdemeanor and my friend is facing a felony charge for um, splashing some diluted red temper paint on her garage door. But what I want to say about Nancy Pelosi is that we are attempting to pink slip her. I don't know if people know what a pink slip is. It's kind of an old fashioned term. It's a termination notice. It's um, it's not firing someone that's, uh, for cause. This is um, more laying her off. We're laying, laying Pelosi off. And before you laugh, because, you know, she is very royal and um, she does, she is the queen of San Francisco. She's always depended on Democratic voters to reelect her. She said she wasn't going to run for a reelection and she's running again, which is kind of strange. Um, but anyway, I've been going up there every day because what we're trying to do is pink slip her. She said to Code Pink activists when he asked her to call for a ceasefire, go back to China where your headquarters are. That was her response. If anyone can explain that to me, please talk to me later. Um, and then she said on CNN, on Dana Bash, CNN Live TV, um, that ceasefire is Putin's message. She said it a couple times. And then she said she was going to ask the FBI to investigate these ceasefire activists who are coming to her house. That's me. So she's basically putting a target on me and I'm afraid for my life and I can barely sleep. I was on a fast for 20 days for Gaza. I, I ended my fast on February 11, 
at her house. And that was when we were pouring this diluted red temper paint on the street and sidewalk. That's totally legal to do. It's not permanent paint. And um, nobody bothered okay. us. The, I'm almost done. The police in yeah, the Capitol, yeah. the police in the Capitol Police who were up there, no one said it to, that we needed to stop because it's legal to do that. But I got carried away. I was just ending my 20-day fast. I put my hands in the red paint and I put my handprints on her garage door. So she's pressing charges. I'm just totally amazed that Pelosi um, has the nerve to do that and that she said the things publicly that she has said. So thank you for listening. I'll be on Flashpoints tonight at around 5.15. Tune in to oh, okay. 9.4. Tune in to and 9.4. There's a, a message to you in the chat from Bianca. She wants you to contact her. Please. Yeah, I know, Bianca. Um, but okay, my great. candidate is... My candidate is Marjorie Michaels, who's a peace activist working with Code Pink, and she's a lawyer, and she's very well qualified. I can't ca I can't campaign for Marjorie because I'm Code Pink, a 501c3, but but I like peace, and I I hope Nancy Pelosi's finished. I hope okay. she's finished. Thank, Thank you. You. Uh, you, get, you rock from Wendy Lederman. Uh, you're always yeah. great, Cynthia. Thank, Thank you, you for being on with us. Uh, come again. I'm off to Pelosi's now. I'm off to Pelosi's. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll later we're going to talk with Vinny who just came back from London to, um, uh, about Julian Assange. In the second hour, we're going <clears> to <throat> go deep on energy. I just had a major piece published about how Ohio killed wind power in Ohio. There's a lot more to go into with that as well. Um, uh, but we're going to go now to Andrea Miller. Andrea, in uh, the suburbs of the Virginia suburbs of D.C. Andrea, uh, you are one of the great election organizers. Our 60 people are waiting to hear what you're, about your event coming up on uh, Thursday and uh, all that you're doing. Um, and please. Hey, Harvey, thank you. I'll make this really, really quick. You're going to get two events or two items. We are texting the Black voters in the brand new majority minority uh, district, uh, congressional district two. There is a primary there their congressional primary is there. It's on Super Tuesday. And there are, get ready now, Alabama has 21 candidates running for Congress. There are 13 Democrats and there are eight Republicans. So we are texting people their exact voting location. Also, since it's a brand new district, Many people may not know that they are in the new district. So the other thing, what Harvey really wanted me to come on and talk about is on Thursday evening at 8 p.m., Thursday at 8 p.m., we will be doing an update on what we are doing for the first part of 2024. So I'll be talking about texting Alabama. We are postcarding for the Georgia congressional primary. Uh, we've released those addresses. We will also be postcarding for the Virginia congressional elections. We release those addresses on March so there is a ton, and I mean a ton of things that you can do. If you want to text with us, you've never used this texting program before, 
it's new. So sign up. Don't try to sign in. There's a tiny little sign up link down at the bottom. Sign up first. We will see you. We will then put you in the texting program. So we are looking at this going, are we going to standardize on this or are we looking for because we always have to have the latest and the greatest, the item that works the best. We're evaluating this program. So we'd love to have people join us for the evaluation. Thank you, Harvey. Well, thank you. We got your link in the uh, invite, uh, and it should go in the chat if it can, please. Wendy Lederman has um, included you in our uh, uh, resource section. We'll be finalizing that on Thursday, if you can join us at two. But um, uh, uh, Ruth Strauss and Lynn Feinerman, do you have a minute to take some, uh, uh, Ruth and then Lynn? Uh, do you oh, want to have? Sure. Okay, go yeah. ahead. You want to speak with um, Andrea Miller? Go ahead. Ruth Strauss, you're unmuted, I hope. And I'll get Lynn Feinerman unmuted. Go ahead, Ruth. This was actually for Ray, although I'll encourage everybody to work with um, Andrea because she's uh, great and they do a fantastic job. Um, Thank you, Ruth. Very important one. And easy, easy. Even I can do it than anybody can. Um, But for Ray, uh, I had heard that, um, uh, of course, Fani is unbelievable. And I I would never want to go up against her. I mean, she's really fast on her feet. But I had heard that maybe not that she should actually give up the case, but step aside and let other people in her office take over only because um, if they disqualify her and she hasn't stepped aside and let other people in her office continue the case, that the whole case might go away. And if Ray, if you. Yeah, just real quick, real quick on that point, the the way that. Uh, the the law works here. If if uh, she has to recuse, then her office is recused because they operate at, uh, as her agent. So if she is recused, it would go to the prosecuting attorneys council for the state of Georgia, run by a guy by the name of Pete uh, Scandalakis. Um, the reason that we know this is the case is because Burt Jones. Uh, somebody mentioned this in the chat. Burt Burt Jones was uh, then Senator, State Senator Burt Jones, uh, was under investigation uh, as a part of this uh, election interference case. Uh, Fonnie Willis uh, participated in a fundraiser uh, against his opponent for lieutenant governor. The judge then forced her to recuse, which meant that it it couldn't be handled by somebody else in her office. It had to be removed from her office. In uh, that case, nobody has been named to be, be uh, a DA to uh, pursue the the uh, evidence against Burt Jones in 18 months. So that just that that deals with both issues. Number one, uh, that it couldn't just be in her office, and number two, that, that if once it gets in uh, Scandalakis's hands, it's going to die. Wow! Thank you for that. Thank you for that question. You got to remember that uh, Ruth. I uh, grew up in Mobile, Alabama, so she knows her stuff when it comes to Southern politics. Uh, Lynn Feinerman, uh, guest host of a great radio show, is getting you unmuted here. Um, go ahead, Lynn. Um, Lynn Feinerman. Ah, oh yeah, I am. I am unmuted. Um, two short things. I just want to say that um, let's look at this realistic, folks. We had Clinton, and we had every other 
corrupt women involved up to their eyeballs, males. And now we're with Trump, okay, who's got God only knows how many women he's violated, etc. We're not talking equal playing field with regard to morality here. And for Bonnie Willis, um, persecuted is just for it to become ever so much more clear that there's a double standard when it comes. Okay, that's number one. Um, number two, I just want to say yes, anybody who wants to work with Andrea, do work with Andrea because she really does make organizing and it's fun uh, when you're working with her. That's all. Great. Okay, so we've, thank you for that, Lynn. Um, I'll put the links to your radio show in the chat, please. And we do have ways to contract, contact Andrea and um, Andre and just uh, keep up the great work. Is there anything you, you got a, um, an upcoming Zoom on Thursday night? Um, Ray, Andrea, either one of you, do you have places where people can send support and, and do good work here for you? Oh, I've already dropped my links in the chat. I will drop the texting invitation in again, texting invite to sign up. We're texting Mobile and Montgomery, Alabama. Alabama's yeah. a long word. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So those, those links will be going in in literally just a moment. Well, we have with us a woman who's doing similar work, uh, uh, grassroots organizing in Florida, uh, Anna Anselmo. Anna, can you unmute uh, Wendy Lederman brought you in with us? Can you tell you know us what? all? Hello? I'm, I'm sorry, Harvey. She had to jump off. Anna had to go. She's actually hosting a postcarding party right now. And so she was um, Zooming. I know. I was really excited to um, to introduce you. And she's going to come back next week. Um but yeah, she's she works with uh, Bring It Home Florida and Anna. She like just really quickly to let you guys know to fill it in. She she works closely with Carolina and I. She's on the board of the Progressive Caucus. But she's somebody whose work like I'd been following her. We were aware of each other and um like I'd just been you know she's been such a great leader throughout the state in different organizing campaigns. And right now, Bring It Home Florida they go door to door canvassing. They ask questions um to voters about what their concerns are. They register people. <clears throat> um, starting the phone banking so she's actually hosting a, a phone banking um or i'm sorry a postcarding party at a coffee shop right now that she apologized pr profusely that she literally just had to run off for but i told her i wanted to introduce you to andrea or introduce you both and, and ray as well so we'll continue that and bring her into the family and i apologize she apologizes no Thanks. it's okay uh, so what maybe what we should do is join andrea uh, on her zoom thursday night Absolutely. And uh, and exchange contacts, Wendy, and um, uh, we'll we'll get the postcarding going in Florida. Uh, if they still have a postal service, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, I gotta say, why why Louis DeJoy is still running the U.S. Postal Service is beyond me. I mean, this is just outrageous. Biden's been asleep at the switch on that one for four years. But anyway, we won't go there right now. Um, we will later, though. Uh, but Wendy, and, and, and you've been in touch with Andrea, and so please put her in touch with uh, Anna, and we will uh, connect everybody uh, next week, okay? Okay, Ray and Andrea, too. thank you. Always phenomenal. We are so honored to have you both with us. Um, we'll, Love we'll you guys. Take care. No nukes, and Ray too, and uh, we will we will move on. But boy, it's always very powerful to have you both on with us. Um, we're going to go now to uh, Vinny Stefano. Vinny just came back from London. 
uh, was in the major um, I don't know leadership or stardom or whatever at the rally uh, or rallies uh, for Julian Assange. We had thought we were going to have a decision from the court by today. Uh, that hasn't happened. I'm sitting on a piece I don't want to put out yet comparing Assange to Navalny. Um, let's just hope Assange stays alive, unlike uh, Alexei Navalny. But uh, Benny, give us a report from London and from the uh, what's going on with uh, uh, Julian Assange, please. I'll be happy to. First and foremost, this hearing was a hearing for the hearing. And what that means is the uh, uh, Julian's defense has put together a 150-point rebuttal to the extradition. And the hearing was to look at the merits of that. And, of course, the decision that will come down, we believe the decision will be sometime in March, will be either denied, and then they go to the European Court of Human Rights, or will be approved. And there's a very good likely that it'll be approved for two reasons, one of them good and one of them bad. Uh, This was probably the best hearing that Julian got. Now, although I was outside doing interviews during the entire uh, uh, case, both days, one day in the cold and the other day in the rain, Kevin Gastala, who was here earlier, and if you folks are not familiar with Kevin Gastala, familiarize yourself with him, because this is one of the smartest guys to come down the pike. He has a, a thing called The Dissenter, where he broadcasts regularly. And he covered the trial and has written an incredible book called Guilty of Journalism, The Political Case Against Julian Assange, which is, although a small book, is jam-packed full of incredible information, including the last chapter, which is 30 Things You Wouldn't Known If You Hadn't, uh, WikiLeaks Didn't Exist. However, to go back to the hearing. So um, the judges, the two-judge panel that were hearing the case for the uh, defense listened very carefully and asked very good questions. The uh, the prosecution, which the American lawyers basically came back with the same crap they had before. Uh, I hope crap will follow, uh, will pass on uh, um, the Pacifica network, but it really well, was. It's a six-letter had... word. It's, it's spelled C-R-A-P-P-E, so you're okay. Yes, yes, crepe. Um, the, the issue at hand here was um, I, they really didn't bring anything new up. And they repeated old canards, which are untrue. The fact that journal- that uh, Julian is not a journalist. Well, he's won 27 journalism awards and he belongs to about 14 uh, journalistic magazines. And the question of whether he's a journalist or not has been answered a long time ago. But to get to the nub of the matter, what we've got here is they will probably come up with a decision to say, you know what? the uh, appeal against extradition go forward because that buys them time. The last thing the Biden administration wants, the last thing the British courts wants is to have Julian back in the Eastern District Court of Virginia during an election. A recent case where lawyers for Assange were spied on by the CIA uh, is going through in Spain. Deborah Hebrick, Margaret Kunstler, um, and two other individuals have sued the CIA and a judge in New York found for them, which means discovery will go forward in their case. Discovery in their case with their phones, their laptops, all of their belongings and their attorney-client privilege conversations were all taped, could throw the case out of court. And it's going to uh, follow through their case in Spain where it's being heard. 
But the discovery for that case will provide an un- a, a wealth of data for Julian's uh, defense. And so they don't want that to go through. So I, what I think, and smart money is betting, that all they're going to do is hit the can further down the road. And that means Julian stays in Belmarsh prison. For those of you unfamiliar with Belmarsh, it is the British equivalent to Guantanamo. It's some of the harshest conditions on the planet. And Julian, I spoke to Stella about this when I was there. He is very sick. I mean, he is very sick. His cell that he's in, where in some days he's in there for 23 hours out of the day, is so cold, he's shoving books in the window to keep himself warm. And he was so ill, not only could he not show up at the courtroom where the case was taking place, but he couldn't even listen back in prison on the webcast. So I believe what the Biden administration is hoping they will do, Julian will simply drop dead and that'll be the end of the case. So we can't let that happen. He needs to get out. I will tell you that there were a thousand people outside the courtroom making a lot of noise. And that was the first day. And the second day was raining. There may have been a few less, but not by much, which means there's a great deal. And on top of that, there was press from around the world there. Now, the BBC was there, and they did say that there were dozens of people outside the courthouse, something that boggles the mind when you think about it. But if you see the video, and there's lots of it, you can see how many people were there from the beginning of the case at 8 o'clock in the morning till the end of the case at 4.30. The last day of the case, we marched side by side, all thousand of us, from the Royal Court of Justice on Fleet Street, about a mile and a half away to 10 Downing Street, where we spoke directly to the folks inside 10 Downing Street with the Prime Minister lived. And I was the last speaker there, and I basically used the words of Joe Biden on World Press Freedom Day, saying essentially... Journalism is not a crime. And I asked him, if you say that, why is a journalist in prison being prosecuted for telling them? And uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. We are waiting to hear what will happen, but it is going to be more of the waiting game while Julian slowly but surely dies. Now, you told me um, the the, um, government of Australia has asked for Julian to be sent there. Is that correct? That is true. The government of Australia formally requested? They formally requested not only that, but it's important to note that 70, 70 parliamentarians, and they're just like we are here in America. They hate each other. They agree on nothing. They've got the same kind of Louis divides that we have in here, our own Congress. But they came together, and their message is enough is enough. Julian is not a U.S. citizen. He is a journalist, and he should be returned to his uh, country of origin. Chelsea Manning, who did break the law, much to her eternal credit, uh, by revealing the data that she had, she served six years. Julian is about to serve more time than she has, and he's been convicted of nothing. So what the British, the uh, uh, Australian parliamentarians are saying is enough is enough release this man, release him back to his family and drop this case because it is an existential threat against investigative journalism. We know it around the world. Do you see, um, I'll go to Wendy Lederman in a minute. Do you see any parallels between what's being done? Well, you mentioned it. What's being done to Julian um, in in conjunction, uh, well, in in light of what what, um, Putin did to- With uh, Victor Navalny. Navalny. Um, There are a couple of things. We're not certain exactly what happened to Victor Navalny, other than he was in prison in the Arctic Circle. 
when you think about tough in a gulag, a Russian gulag up near the Arctic Circle, it's a very dangerous place. The prisons are very, very tough there. Who, how he died is open to a question. And since they did not create his, cremate his body, they can do an autopsy and find out what the cause of death was. It could be any number of things. Putin could have had him killed. But the fact that Putin is up to his eyeballs in the Ukrainian conflict right now, it's probably the last thing he would do. Say what you want about Putin. He's not stupid. He's not Joe Biden. He's not Donald Trump. He's a very crafty fellow. And so the likelihood that he would kill Navalny at a time when he can least afford that kind of bad publicity leaves it open to a question to exactly what happened to him. But Navalny, who was 47 years old, did die, and he died very quickly. Now, Stella, because her husband is suffering the same kind of fate as Navalny has, spoke very eloquently to the family, and she shared her condolences. But above and beyond that, we really don't know what happened to Navalny, except that he was thrown in prison on spurious charges and that uh, uh, he is now deceased. Okay, Wendy Lederman, uh, anybody else want to jump in on this? Uh, now's the time. Wendy, go ahead. And then we're going to go you. to uh, Susan, Susan Pinchon in Florida, um, um, who is going to be conducting a, a seminar tonight um, in a few hours about... Uh, uh, so, Susan, I hope you can stick with us. Wendy also has the detail, but... Go ahead, uh, Wendy, go ahead. Thank you. Um, yeah, I feel like the, the words are just bursting out of my mouth more than I can even put them together. I was watching the live stream, the two-day live stream. Oh, you want to kill on, your, um, you should kill your, Alexandra's uh, YouTube page. Wendy, kill your, there you go, okay. Thank you, I hope that's better. Um, yeah. yeah, I suggest everybody go to um, Stella Assange's uh, YouTube channel. And subscribe so you can follow for updates and watch the um the live stream and clips from the live stream that Vinny was at. And I, I really just want to I, I have two things to say. One, I just want to tell everybody like uh, how understated Vinny's capabilities of organizing and just how phenomenal that whole event was. And just I mean, impressed is there's no word in the English language for how blown away I was on how fabulous Vinny did. And the speeches that were given, the one that Vinny gave, the man on the street interviews with people. Well, I mean, I haven't seen this much energy for Assange like ever, ever. And it's because of the, the the seeds that have been planted this whole year, these past years. And I just have so much love for Assange Defense and Stella. Um, One thing. Yeah. Back at you, brother. Um, Big time. So the one thing I learned about the case that I didn't know. Um, So apparently the extradition treaty between the UK and the United States. Um, they can't extradite someone who's um being charged with for political reasons in the sense that that government might torture or kill them. And so right now is the first time on record within the court. It was known, but not on record with the court that the U.S. Try had a kidnapping plot to murder him. And beyond just the spying, like Mike Pompeo is outright proven that he wants to kill Julian Assange. And that's the plan. So now this U.S. court is on global public scrutiny for their own jurisdiction on what they actually have the power to do. And it's not within their bounds of the law to extradite a political prisoner. So I just I wanted to put yeah. that out there. There's a, quite a few revelations that just I'm um, bursting over. Um, But this seems to be as long as Julian can feel our strength and our love and and hold through and stick with this because we have a chance. Um, thanks so much, Vinny. You guys are just so well said, Wendy. Well said. 
Um, 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 Susan Pinchon, um, I, I want to make sure we have Lynn Feynman and Tatanka, but I want to make sure, Susan, you can stick with us. You've got some specific things to, to tell us. Susan Pinchon, I just texted you. I don't know if you're unmuted. Uh, all right, we'll go to Lynn Feynman, then we'll come back. Susan, raise your hand if you would. And then uh, we'll yes, get you um, Sorry, Harvey. It, it took a minute for me to unmute. Would you like can me you to speak- quickly? Yeah, go ahead, please. And then we'll go to Lynn and Tatanka. Thank okay, you, Vinny, for sticking with us. Yes, thank you all. That was that was great, Vinny and Wendy. Thank you. So I just want you all to know there's a gr- amazing presentation tonight at 7 p.m. Um, if you go to the to sunrisecenter.org, um, you'll see the the event for tonight. And this is John Brakey and Audit USA, and I'm part of Audit USA, have come up with an amazing program to verify the results of an election. And um, I'm going to make this really quick, but if you picture every ballot, so picture your ballot, you fill out your ballot, and it ends up in something called a cast vote record, and your ballot is one row in this big spreadsheet. All the votes, but you're not identified, it's completely anonymous, and that's how the voting machine interpreted the marks on your ballot. But voting machines make mistakes all the time. So... What Audit USA has done with the help of a brilliant programmer, she's staying anonymous for right now, but we're going to have a big ceremony for her eventually. When you look at the row on the ballot, and again, you don't know which is yours, but any row, it's linked, hyperlinked now to the picture of the ballot itself. So you can look and see how some, you know, how the voter filled out their marks and compare it immediately to how the voting machine interpreted those marks. So you'll be able to take your whole county or just a precinct, and in the comfort of your own home, you'll be able to check your election. And we're hopeful with all the problems that elections have, and you've all been through a lot of them tonight already. But one of the big problems is that people don't believe the results. So we're very hopeful when people can actually take the results and then look across and see that the ballot that goes with the way the voting machine (laughs) interpreted that ballot is the same, that they will start to have more confidence in election results. Please catch the rest of the show at grassrootsep.org and please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Grassroots Election Protection Coalition. Thanks.